G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. On the cross, God treated Jesus as if He had lived your life so He could treat you as if you had lived His life. Jesus took our sin and gave us His righteousness. And Pastor Greg Laurie says Jesus rose again for our justification. The resurrection of Jesus assures me I am accepted by God. Isn't that great to know? You're accepted by God. You're loved by God. Listen, God's not mad at you. God is mad about you. This is the day when the lost are found. us are wired to look for a good deal. We like to exchange something of lesser value for something of greater value. Well, on a spiritual level, Jesus offers us an arrangement that's too good to refuse. We owed a debt that we couldn't pay, but Jesus stepped in and paid a debt that he didn't owe. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to appreciate the price paid at Calvary. But even more remarkably, after Jesus died for our sins, he rose again. Hey everybody, why don't you grab your Bible and turn to two passages of Scripture, Mark 16 and John chapter 20. And the title of my message is, What the Resurrection of Jesus Means to You. If you've ever lost a loved one unexpectedly, you know how it feels. There's shock, there's disbelief, sometimes followed with denial, even anger, a deep sadness that sets in, you realize that that person that was so much a part of your life is no longer there. You can't have a conversation with them. You can't hear from them again. Your world as you know it suddenly changes overnight. I bring that up because that's exactly how the disciples felt 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ, their Savior, their Lord, their Master was murdered in cold blood before their very eyes. They watched it happen and they watched the Roman soldier take his spear and thrust it into Jesus and out came blood and water indicating a complete heart failure. Clearly he was gone and they never got to say goodbye. He was taken from them. So in their minds, their hope was gone. The dream was gone. Mark chapter 16, I'm reading verses 1 to 8. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb, and on the way they were asking each other, who's gonna roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? 
But as they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were shocked. And then the angel said, don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go tell the disciples and Peter that Jesus is going ahead of you into Galilee. You'll see him there, just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. So Jesus has been crucified in an amazing series of events are happening in the aftermath of it. First of all, there was that global darkness that took place, you remember, from 12 uh, in the afternoon to three o'clock. Then the veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. In the uh, temple where the Jews would go to worship God, there was a veil, which was really a very thick curtain. It would almost be like a wall, a material wall of sorts that separated the inner sanctum, the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. No, it's not in a warehouse somewhere if you watched Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. So there they had the Ark of the Covenant. And that veil symbolized that separation between God and man. Now the veil is ripped not from bottom to top as though man is doing it. It's ripped from top to bottom because God is saying this veil is gone and you have access to me through my son, Jesus Christ. Also, we're told that dead people were resurrected and were walking around the streets of Jerusalem. This is one of the most interesting verses in the Bible to me. So you're walking in town and you go, hey, is that Uncle Harry? Didn't we just bury him a couple of days ago? It was sort of like a preview of things to come. Dead people were coming back to life. I see dead people who are alive again. And so then there was a great earthquake that followed. So this is an amazing series of events. And so these women that we just read about come to the tomb hopefully to anoint the body of Jesus and they find the tomb empty and the angel tells them that Christ is risen. Matthew tells us of this event in Matthew 28, 8. They went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Have you ever had fear and great joy at the same time? (laughs) Maybe when you got on a roller coaster, there's fear, like I'm gonna die and there's great joy, but it's so much fun. I've given up on roller coasters, by the way. I, I rode them many years, and then one day I just realized I don't even like this, and I don't know if I ever liked it. You know, as you get older, you don't want to take those kinds of risks anymore. For me now, taking a risk is ordering something different in the restaurant. I'm going to try that chef's salad instead of the normal hamburger and fries I get every time. Listen, you know you're getting older when you go to the same table in the same restaurant at the same time and order the same thing. There's a lot of signs of getting older, aren't there? You know you're getting older when you drop something and when you bend down to get it, you wonder if there's anything else you can do while you're down there. (laughs) You know there's a lot of bands that were very popular in the late 60s and they had great hits that many of us still remember. And it's funny, a lot of young people are rediscovering these bands. And you'll see kids walking around with t-shirts with Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and and all these bands, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, and so forth. But a lot of those bands have had to rework some of their hits. They don't do them quite the way they used to. I met 
Peter Noon, by the way, not too long ago, who is Herman of Herman's Hermits. And he's a, a wonderful guy, uh, had so many amazing stories. But, well, remember that song by Herman's Hermits, Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely dota. Remember that one? Now they've updated it to Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely walker. Because, you know, <laughs> Mrs. Brown is a lot older today. Abba, remember Dancing Queen? That's Denture Queen now. They've had to update it. Uh, the Beatles, that big hit that Ringo would sing, I get by with a little help from my friends, has now been updated to, I get by with a little help from, depends. <laughs> uh, Crystal Gale, remember her song, Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue, now it's Don't It Make My Brown Hair Blue. Eagles are no longer singing Heartache Tonight, they're singing Heartburn Tonight, probably from what they ate. Jerry Lee Lewis, he's no longer singing a whole lot of shaking going on, now it's rather a whole lot of aching going on. A Leo Sayer used to sing, you make me feel like dancing. Now he sings, you make me feel like napping. <laughs> Leonard Skinner no longer sing about Sweet Home Alabama. Now it's Rest Home Alabama. <laughs> Nancy Sinatra no longer sings, these boots are made for walking. Now she sings, these boots are giving me arthritis. <laughs> so you see, they've all had to update their songs. I have two more. These are the jokes, people. The Who? Remember talking about my generation? Now it's talking about my medication. And finally, the Trogs had a big hit, Wild Thing. Now they've named it Bald Thing. And it's my theme song, by the way. But uh, so there are things that we don't like to do as we get older. We don't like to take risks necessarily. Great to have you with us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And today he's helping us to peer through the lens of Scripture to the first century when the disciples are filled with mixed emotions, having learned that Jesus is no longer dead, but alive. Imagine yourself there. Let's continue. They're experiencing this joy and excitement, and they're trying to figure it out. They don't understand what has actually happened to them. And then they see the risen Lord. We have to pull from different Gospels to get the whole story in Matthew 28, we read, uh, they went to tell his disciples, and behold, Jesus met them, saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by their feet and worshiped them. Now, it's an interesting phrase there when it says, Jesus met them. It speaks of the common greeting that one would receive in the marketplace. Uh, just if you saw someone, you said, hello. If you're on a walk, you see someone walk by. Hey, how are you? Have a nice day. Just common greeting. That is the phrase that is used here when it says, Jesus met them. I find that fascinating because it's so low-key, it's so casual. You know, in different parts of the country, we greet each other in different ways. If you're in the South, you'll see something along the lines of, hey, hey, how y'all doing? How all y'all doing, right? In Hawaii, it'll be aloha, or how's that, bra? <laughs> in Australia, they'll say, good day. In New York City, they ignore you. And then they'll say something like, what, are you looking at me? And followed up by, well, forget about it. That's one word, by the way. And here is the risen Lord who greets his disciples. And he's so casual, he's just like, oh, hey, guys. How's it going? Aloha. <laughs> How are you? Really relaxed about the whole thing. And they, ca they can't believe their eyes. They are looking at Jesus. And so they grab him by the feet and they worship him. Coming back to our story, we see Mary Magdalene is mentioned in verse one, what a unique lady she is. Mary Magdalene, first to the tomb. 
So she sees that the stone has been rolled away and immediately tells Peter and John. And if we go over to John's gospel, we'll see that they then began to run to the tomb. So she says, Jesus is risen. And they run to the tomb. I love that, you know, boys will be boys, right? And it became an actual race because John mentions he beat Peter in the race. He says, the disciple whom Jesus loved outran the other one. So that's maybe one of the perks of writing a gospel. You get to remind people about who actually won the race. So they see the empty tomb and they come back. John believes, he looks in there, he realizes what has happened, he knows Christ is alive and the Bible says Peter walked away perplexed. And that brings us to our next text, John chapter 20. Let's see what else happened to Mary Magdalene. John chapter 20, verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She thinking he was the gardener said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I'll take him away. And Jesus then said, Mary. Mary responded by saying, Rabboni, which means teacher. And she grabs hold of Christ. And he said, don't cling to me for I've not yet ascended to my father into your father. And I'm going to ascend to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Wow. The persistence of Mary paid off, didn't it? Everyone else was gone, but she stayed, and she meets the risen Lord. And what does he say? Don't cling to me. She's holding on to him. Now you wonder what's going on here. Because it's not that you could not touch the risen Lord. Because in fact, he appears in the upper room to the disciples, and Thomas, who we call Doubting Thomas, was there. And Jesus said, go ahead and put your hand in my side and touch the wounds in my hand. So he could be touched. Maybe it was the way she was holding onto him. She was grabbing so tightly. And he says, Mary, don't cling to me. I think in effect, he's saying, Mary, everything has changed now. Effectively, it's a whole new ball game. It's not gonna be the way it was before. In the past, I was there where you could reach out and touch me physically, but it's gonna be different, Mary, and it's gonna be better because now I'm gonna come and live in your heart and I'll always be there and we'll never be separated again. And what is true of Mary is true for all of us. By the way, it was a revolutionary thought to say to a first century Jew that God was their father. They would not refer to God in such a way. But Jesus is saying he's our father now too. How did he teach us to pray in what we call the Lord's Prayer? He said, after this manner, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. But remember the title of this message is what does the resurrection of Jesus mean to you? The resurrection of Jesus assures me I am accepted by God. Let me say that again. The resurrection of Jesus assures me that I am accepted by God. Romans 4.25 says he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Somewhere, I don't know how this happens, but people, even Christians sometimes think that you must earn the favor of God. 
You must do certain things and then God will love you. But the opposite is the case. There's nothing you can do to earn the favor of God. And the fact is God loves you no matter what you do. And, uh, and the resurrection of Christ proves this. We read again there in Romans 4.25, he was raised to life for our justification. What does that mean? That means when you put your faith in Christ, you are justified. To be justified means, number one, you're forgiven of all of your sins. So if you put your faith in Christ, your sins are forgiven by God and they're forgotten by God and he has put the righteousness of Christ into your moral bank account, if you will. On the cross, God treated Jesus as if he had lived your life so he could treat you as if you had lived his life. That's not original to me, but it's a perfect description of justification. Let me repeat it. On the cross, God treated Jesus as if he had lived your life so he could treat you as if you had lived his life. So again, the resurrection of Jesus assures me I am accepted by God. Isn't that great to know? You're accepted by God. You're loved by God. Listen, God's not mad at you. God is mad about you. Great encouragement today about our standing before God from Pastor Greg Laurie's message on a new beginning. It's a study called What the Resurrection of Jesus Means to You. Well, Pastor Greg has pointed out that the resurrection assures us that we're accepted by God. But that's just one of six ways the resurrection impacts our lives. Pastor Greg has more for us next time, so I hope you can join us for more on a new beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called What the Resurrection of Jesus Means to You. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.